trying to say thank you for that. I've got way more questions than just why, but we'll table those for later. I'm here for Bill Priestley in for the roundtable today, and we are going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the United Auto Workers strike entering its fourth day right now. And join us, joining us to talk about that, we've got Randy Mullet, Senior Advisor from Washington, D.C., and Lauren Smith, President of Skyline Policy Group in Manassas, Virginia. Guys, thank you both so much for joining us here this morning. It's been a very interesting summer, right? We're calling it the summer of labor unrest, at least what I'm calling it. And we've seen a lot of groups get some really big action from UPS to the longshoremen out in the West Coast. Now the United Auto Workers are fighting for a big time contract and again, taking the page out of some of these successful books. Randy, I'm going to start with you. Can you give us a little bit of a breakdown of what's happened so far with the strike and what's going on from the UAW perspective? So I can't tell you what's going on on the inside. I can just tell you what we've seen from the outside here. And it's been a very unusual strike uh, in that they have done this targeted one plant for each of the major automakers. Uh, they've got the threat hanging out there that they would uh, expand this or perhaps start these back up and, and shut down another one. But the, um, it's, a, it's unusual and it's hard to plan for from a freight and a trucking point of view because you don't, uh, and, and GM's point of view, um, or all three automakers, because you don't know where the next shoe's going to drop. Now, they have some very, very big asks, and they've been offered some very, very big um, uh, contract increases, just not big enough at this point. So we've seen the rejection of a 21% wage hike, which is uh, historic, of course, and unprecedented in some of these discussions going on, right? And now the big question is, how does this impact the freight industry? So specifically, we're looking at the potential for manufacturers to completely shut down, right? There's reports today of a Ford plant telling 2,000 workers, you know what, just stay home. We're going to be looking at manufacturing issues and maybe even some supply issues from dealerships who are still continuing to run thin from kind of those initial supply chain constraints that tagged on during the pandemic. Lauren, let's talk a little bit about what you see so far from the impacts on the freight space. Are we looking at any major immediate impacts or will these be kind of slower ripples that come down the line? Yeah, thanks, Kaylee. I think it's the uncertainty that mostly has to be priced in right now, as Randy you know, alluded to, the, you know, the, the possibility that this strike could expand. And, and tactically, it's very interesting to see sort of a soft launch of the strike by the union that they've started one plant for each of the three auto workers and of course uh, automakers and of course it is unprecedented that the UAW would be striking at all three uh, Detroit three manufacturers at once uh, normally it's you know one or the other that has that has uh, challenges or a potential strike at any given time so uh, by starting starting off you know again with sort of a soft launch of the strike they create the opportunity for you know pressure to amp up on the automakers without turning the pressure up so high if they struck everywhere uh, that the White House would potentially have to come down and say, okay, boys, we're gonna have to wrap it up. You're gonna have to, to accept this deal or we're gonna find other levers uh, on, on the union, which uh, the, the Biden administration does not wanna do. Um, they did not like having to do it last year during the, uh, the railroad strike situation where Congress and President Biden essentially enacted a new law requiring the rail union to, uh, to, to to cut a new deal with the railroads. Uh, that's not the sort of situation that President Biden wants to be in heading into his reelection. It's a very delicate balance to strike, right, between the unions and the doing enough to get the attention, but not doing too much to where those impacts start to step in. 
We had this conversation on one of our roundtables last week as well. Bill Priestley welcomed Sam Martinez from Redwood Logistics, and he gave us his thoughts on what this could do to the freight space. Let's listen to them now, and then we'll get some reaction from you guys about them after. I think uh, mostly it affects large asset-based capacity, as that's kind of the backbone of capacity for those big three auto uh, makers. Uh, And a strike poses a big bottleneck uh, on the volume for those big carriers, candidly. Uh, Carriers may turn to brokered freight. They may hit the load boards, but obviously they have to keep those trucks moving, those drivers happy, and those drivers paid. So I think it poses a threat on, you know, what the spot market already kind of dims as, as is. It might, uh, with the influx of capacity into the marketplace, especially with large corridors between U.S. and Mexico, you know, it probably puts farther downward pressure on spot rates, uh, which leaves shippers in a good place. But again, with the, um, you know, so many uncertainties out there in the marketplace, uh, farther pressure on spot rates could push farther capacity out for a lot of those uh, small to mid-market fleets. So, Lauren, I saw you nodding your head to that as Sam gave us his thoughts. Do you kind of see the same perspective as he does with this? Yeah, I mean, I think that we're we're seeing overall, uh, you know, uh, labor unrest generally that that uh, you know feeds into what the freight companies need to do to manage their own workforces, recruitment, retention, uh, to make sure that they're able to to you know meet the requirements of the market. Uh, the freight industry has had a bad twenty twenty three. Um, you know, generally I'm optimistic about what happens, uh, you know, towards the end of the year, uh, but it's going to be tough until then. So Randy, your thoughts on Sam's comments from last week as well. Well, I think that, uh, first off, this hasn't been a big enough event to, um, cause major uh, upheavals throughout the freight system yet. Um, I, I disagree a little bit because so many, uh, both small brokers and small to mid-sized carriers are so dependent on automotive uh, related freight and, and in off times, specific plant to plant moves, that's really difficult to reposition their equipment, start new relationships, and then have to automatically jerk it back as soon as these guys come back from um, uh, strike. So I think that initially, um, broadly, there's, there's not much impact on the freight business, but there specifically is some really big impact on some small to medium-sized players. I think that that's a really great point to kind of highlight, right? Because a lot of these smaller people, whether that's a broker or a carrier or those folks that are making a lot of regional runs from Detroit, you see auto parts coming from Canada. You see auto parts moving, as Lauren mentioned, the U.S.-Mexico relationship. That's very, very interesting as well. And a lot of that isn't necessarily done by the bigger enterprise carriers, right? A lot of that is smaller regional groups who are running in and out of Detroit over the Canadian border or going and making pickups from the northern parts of Chicago in the rail yards there back into Detroit to those major automakers. That relationship, as you mentioned, Randy, can be difficult to pivot from. But where do you go to kind of fill those holes if the strike does continue for a longer period where it has that impact on the actual freight space? Well, they won't have a choice if it continues for a long time, but to reposition those assets and and try to get new business. Um, you know, the, the time between strikes is really long, though. And if you've got a tight relationship with a GM or Ford or Stellantis, you, you don't want to give that up for a short-term gain. So I, I would expect some of these folks will probably park trucks, uh, lay off employees, maybe broker in different areas until these come back and try to weather the storm rather than trying to reinvent their business just for a short-term uh, um, event. So, Lauren, you mentioned the President Biden and the election aspect that this strike has. And 
following that summer of labor unrest that we've seen, the White House and the unions have seen some pretty big wins. Of course, we know that the Biden administration is historically a little pro-labor. And then on the other side of the aisle, the Republicans are hoping to kind of maybe capitalize on some momentum from this strike and seeing it maybe drag out a little longer and maybe end without political intervention. Is that something that we're looking at as potentially being a bargaining chip moving into now almost the 2024 election season? Things are starting to get kicked off. But is that what Republicans are really kind of hoping for, is that this strike maybe ends without another kind of hero effort by the Biden administration? Well, I, I, yeah, I think that the, uh, this, this raises, I think, what's going to be a big issue next year, which is just the affordability of, of being able to own and drive a car. I mean, this, we've, you've already started to see this be a storyline with the electric vehicles and the unions saying that they have problems with the way the transition is being executed. Uh, I think that how this, you know, not only makes, creates unhappiness among labor, but also among consumers and just regular drivers. Um, the, the prices for cars, new cars, used cars, uh, has gone up uh, substantially over the last several years. Uh, it looks to be continuing to go up over the course of the next year. Uh, we're probably going to get a gas uh, a, a gas price increase over the next few months, just in terms of the way the market is moving and oil potentially going back over $100 a barrel. And so the cost of being able to own and drive a car, uh, I think, is going to go up over the course of the next year. And I think that that's, that's going to be a big issue when you think about uh, the, how this all this plays out with the unions. Um, that's that's part of why I think that the uh, the, the strike isn't going to last uh, too much longer because of the you know the the overall the, the economic damage that piles up for the freight industry for consumers and for everybody else. It's a difficult and very multifaceted issue, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this roundtable. We're going to keep an eye on it as it develops and hopefully we see that strike resolve fairly soon and without incident. Thanks, Thanks Kaylee. Kaylee. All right, we're going to take one final break. We'll be back to you wrap up your Monday show right after this. <laughs> 